Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Josh Brown, there is tons of gaming news eventually, but we're going to talk about all sorts of different things that we've been playing because video games are slowly coming back. They really are, Scott, man. I was looking at my two-player list uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend, and it is huge, both new games <laughs> and old games. It is crazy. And to be fair, before we jump in, actually, yes. I want to say something because I noticed yesterday was my fifth year anniversary at WhatCulture.com. To the day. To the day. No way. So technically, in working day terms, this is the anniversary edition of my first so this is why I was wanting to be selfish and talk about the games we've played because I thought I get one free pass a year <laughs> and I want to talk about Dragon Ball Z Kakarot which you is why don't. I pushed it hard as well you should I think that we I, mean, I was going to say we do this every wind up every Monday we talk about what we want to play but you should make it all about yourself which is to say that we can talk about Dragon Ball because who doesn't love a little bit of Dragon Ball um, we'll also get to um, I've been playing a lot of Splatoon 3 you've been playing through Midnight Fight Express you've also been playing through Sam Barlow's latest game Immortality um, but we'll get to all that as we go and if we have time we'll dive into some new stuff but I think we'll just focus on what we're playing because it's fun to talk about games for a change. 2022 has not that many games, but you got back into Dragon Ball. Um, as is a weird, it's sort of like a an air wave does the rounds where sort of we sort of like prick up and go, Dragon Ball's a thing again. <laughs> and then it was like the movie came out, Adam Nicholas is re-watching it again. I've rewatched a whole ton of Z. I watched the Cell Saga, the Boo Saga. Now I'm into Super. Um, saw the superhero movie. It's awesome. Well, it's good fun. It's awesome. There's a big payoff at the end. It's awesome. Um, and then you kind of just bought Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, yeah. which is a good few years old, but yeah. It's like a dominant effect, man. Mm. Once someone in your sphere starts talking about Dragon Ball again, <laughs> suddenly it becomes your whole life. And somehow As well uh, it should. Fortnite obviously knew this by doing the Dragon Ball crossover, that which too. again, you know, got everyone talking about it. But yeah, I was playing Fighters, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And while I love the craft of it, fighting games, especially 2D fighting games, aren't necessarily my thing. It's so me. I've had this craving for the Dragon Ball Z RPG that goes through the entire Z storyline, mm. you know, the major sagas and mm-hmm. the Z storyline. Uh, shout out to my boy Gallic Jr., who does not appear <laughs> in this game. Um, yeah, I went and bought it on Friday and I've played it like eight hours over the weekend. Uh-huh. I'm on to Namek, just got there last night. And man, this game is so much fun. Yes. It starts so incredibly ropey. I was so curious what you were going to think about it because I feel like, I think it does a really good job of um, condensing the sagas. If you just want to play through all of Z, basically, it goes all the 
way through to the end of the Boo Saga, um, you can, and they do a good job of like just picking the main fights out of it that you're going to want to play, and letting you play as everyone from Piccolo to Vegeta. Th- ironically, Goku's barely in it. Like you play as Piccolo and Vegeta and Trunks way more than uh, than Kakarot. Well, but still, this is what I was laughing at last night because I forgot how much in the Z series uh, Goku was like put out of commission because he's yeah. just too powerful and be boring <laughs> if it was all about him. It's so, like every major saga, it's like Goku's having a rest. He's for got two a virus months. now, yeah, so he's got a virus. Yeah. we need to play as these other characters, which <laughs> makes for fun storytelling. But like you said, it's funny in a game called Kakarot. Yeah. Like you play as Goku uh, very little early on. <laughs> but it does make the moments, I must admit, where he shows up to take on, you know, Vegeta, for instance, in mm-hmm. the Saiyan saga, really uh, satisfying because mm-hmm. he comes back so much more powerful and you feel like, you feel as strong as Goku should in those moments, if that makes sense. I'll tell you what I loved about it is that because it was the first game, as far as I know, to map out the Dragon Ball world and let you, they kind of advertised it or they talked about it as, like, oh, you can fly from like the Kami house all the way through to um, you know the capsule core or whatever and you can't necessarily you're sort of loading into different zones but they still let you kick off the ground and fly around the Dragon Ball world which is just cool like, you can fly around the city um, some of the main areas do have like city parts and desert parts and, and they don't need loading in between them I was, that's the nearest thing I've got to being able to fly around this world yeah. um, which the new movie does there's a whole thing uh, in the superhero movie where um, Piccolo takes off and they rendered it all in 3D so you actually get to see him his nice. perspective as he takes off Things, little things like that that we've waited decades to see uh, rendered better um, I think this game um, like for as much as it gives you flight mechanics they for me they didn't feel good you're just rotating a static camera a static ca- uh, character model like through the air yeah it's not really mean, got much weight to it even Anthem did it better for the most part it could be better I will give mm. you that however the thrill of it is still there for yeah. me because of the sense of speed like mm. you go so fast whether you're sprinting or whether you're like flying <laughs> at high speed around the world like there's a real sense of um, spectacle mm. there which of course it's Dragon Ball Z you need that spectacle and yeah the the mechanics could be more intuitive it feels strange to go up and down with the triggers and I keep getting them mixed up I keep pressing R1 to go down when it's R2 (laughs) to go down which doesn't make sense in my brain why is up and down on the same side (laughs) like just that's a weird thing stuff like that is obtuse there's a lot about the game that is obtuse but I must admit uh, just the thrill of being able to do even in a compartmentalized sense what you said there about being able to kick off the ground and fly around these rendered worlds Mm. that we've only seen kind of as backdrops in in the original uh, show and stuff Mm -hmm. was was a thrill and if I had this game when I was younger man I mean I'm loving it now but if I had this game when I was like in my teens (laughs) I would have like played nothing else forever yeah. because this would be all that I would want to do. Well, the thing, another thing that I think it nails because I love Fighter Z. I think that's, I think that is the perfect Dragon Ball game. I get that it's not for everyone if you're not a fan of like anime fighters or whatever because it can be quite chaotic. But in terms of um, replicating how it, how it, like the action is in Dragon Ball, the sort of choreography, how fast it all is, and then once you get that game down, like keeping up with it all, um, I do think like Fighter Z gets this better. But Kakarot's fighting, I think, is still very, very solid, and I love that you can burn your energy to teleport, like to um, go behind the guy and elbow them out the sky which every character does at one point in yeah. Dragon Ball um, or like charge up a Kamehameha or whatever it is um, and obviously you know give me characters yelling out their moves <laughs> as they fire like special beam cannon and he's like across the canyons or whatever launching a guy through a mountain as it says like victory or whatever it's like stuff like that is really really cool well this is it you know obviously I'm not going to say that the combat in Kakarot has the depth of Fighter Z or no. necessarily the spectacle of Fighter Z however it's a combat system that I want from a Dragon Ball game in mm 
mm. terms of its spectacle and in terms of some of the moves that you said there, you know, like the scale of the fights, being able to mm. knock people through, you know, entire mountains and then follow, <laughs> follow it up with a teleported um, elbow to the back. All of that is great. I like the length of the fights, the mm. fact that sometimes you're fighting multiple enemies that you can take out quite quickly, whereas other times you're fighting, you know, one boss essentially with a massive health bar and mm. those fights take a lot out of you and they are lengthy but also because they're so lengthy they require actually some tactical thinking yeah. like yeah, I don't think you can get through this game by just you know mashing the the fight button mm-hmm. for lack of a better term and then expecting to win you need to be able to block you need to be able to decide when to teleport when to use those special moves mm-hmm. and that was a level of depth that I just wasn't expecting at all mm-hmm. from this game and I appreciated it in how it you know impacted the flow of these fights and kept them kind of way more balanced than I expected the only thing in that regard that I it's not that I don't like it but it's a bit like stock is just um it's like rpg 101 it's like this character is five levels above you therefore their basic punch will kill you in one hit yeah and i'm just like stuff like that i wish we could move away from entirely i hate it in the witcher 3 i hate it in like assassin's creed or whatever like that that sort of basic attempt at leveling an open world um where i'd say well let me sort of still deflect if i get my timing right i should be able to take these people on to some degree i'm going to tell you why i like it in this game do it because obviously so much of dragon ball at least in the early parts of the Mm. show is about like power levels Mm. right and people being completely completely overpowered compared to our heroes. Yeah, of course, you know, and I do like that. There are some enemies that are just so above your level that Mm. they will punch you dead. (laughs) You need to effectively quote unquote train as they would explain it in universe. Oh, there's a ton of grinding. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? And for me, the grinding may become an issue, but for right now, I do like the fact that I feel demonstrably much more powerful than I was at the start of the game, mm-hmm. which makes sense with the story, right? Because yeah. now I'm on Namek, now Gohan has had a lot of training, and he's now punching like 300 damage points where he was punching 12 <laughs> initially. Right. It's that reason and that reason alone, while I don't mind the kind of arbitrary levels mm. of your character versus enemies in this game, because I would hate it in Assassin's Creed or something like mm-hmm. you mentioned that, or even The Witcher, but here it makes narrative sense. Oh, God. And kind of go with it a, a little bit. <laughs> no, I think the, the thing is, like, as like, is it's not like a massively long game, but I mean, like you said, you've just done the beginning, so you've done all the Raditz stuff, you're in Namek, and then <clears throat> you've got all the uh, the Android stuff, you've got, like, uh, the Cell games, and then you've got all the boost stuff. So I think, like, over time, it's it, it falls back on that a lot, where it's like, well, now go spend some time leveling up. Um, and it's like, I just want to do the story stuff, but, like, it's some point you're fighting bosses which like you say have like eight health bars because like once you deplete one it just changes color and it's like do it again do it again um, and every hit they're doing is taking off three quarters of your life bar even if it's just their basic slap or whatever um so you know you can kind of like tank those fights by just taking loads of health items um to get through them but it's it's one of those things where i kind of wish they had some sort of alternative to just go grind because i feel that's what assassin's creed the newer assassin's creeds have done um, where it's just like, just go take a few hours to grind. Whereas like, yeah, for the most part, the stuff in Kakarot, I think just, it's just so much fun. If you have that love of Dragon Ball, which we do because yeah. we grew up with it. How have you found that side of it? Like, have you been enjoying like revisiting storylines and stuff like that? Yeah, man, it's great. I mean, part of the reason why I wanted to play this over fighters was that mm. um, I want to get into Dragon Ball Super. You know, I got Crunchyroll to watch all of those. Yes. Uh, I episodes. bought a box set and then realized it was all Crunchyroll. <laughs> Good. Did. I like it. You did. But hey, <laughs> you've got that in your house forever now. You know? I like looking at it. You're not a slave to the subscription service no. anymore. Uh, yeah, so I kind of just wanted a refresher of the story, and this has given me that, and mm. then some. You know, it does condense some stuff that I would have liked to have seen expanded. Mm. Like some of the moves, for instance, it just assumes you know. Like it's like Goku knows the Kaioken now, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah what yeah. is that? You know, I yeah. know what it is because I've seen the show, and you know, I'm familiar <laughs> with it. But if you're like playing this story for the first time, I do think there would be gaps in the knowledge that you would 
need brushing oh, I would, on, yeah. but for the most part it nails the big scenes and nails them you know incredibly well in terms of how it visually recreates uh, you know like the shots yeah the yeah plus like the whole cast comes back I love yeah. how, uh, there's, there's a whole like sound like audible audio footprint to Dragon Ball like every the teleportation noise the, the takeoff noise um, when someone gets launched and does that little pew like yeah. or whatever it is it's not really like that but it's a dark pitch thing and uh, all that when you're controlling all of it I think like I mean yeah there's a, I think Kakarot and Fighter Z are a perfect combo because if you want the narrative side of it or to play through Z it's Kakarot but if you want to actually do like the most intense fights then it's Fighter Z but there's the, the together they go very well 100% man and what you just said there about like the kind of sonic uh, footprint mm. I mean that in terms of auditory stuff not mm-hmm. actual Sonic the Hedgehog he's not in this game oh, is, uh, is there a day that goes by that I don't think about Sonic Frontiers <laughs> no there is not but uh, that's that's another thing that kind of blew me away initially like just being able to not only take off and then start flying around mm. but to have that audio footprint follow me with those like iconic sound effects mm-hmm. that's what took me back to being <laughs> a kid and that's why I would have loved it even more had I been in the actual you know peak Dragon Ball Z uh, mindset. mindset that I was in at the time. I have two questions. One, what do you think of the fishing mini game? And two, who's your favorite character? Uh, one, the fishing mini game, like mechanically sucks, yeah. but is so funny. The animation's so fun. So watch, like, yeah, watching <laughs> someone whip out a tail, you know, whack it on. I was playing it where my girlfriend was watching and she was like, why is he fishing with his own tail? Is that not like unsanitary? <laughs> and it is true, but- I know, mean more when you, when you catch a huge fish and they just like uppercut yeah. it out the sky. <laughs> yeah. It lands behind you. It's just like, yeah, that's what we're eating today. Like, that's fun. I like that stuff. That stuff's uh, really funny. My favorite Mm. character. uh, My favorite character used to be Gohan before I grew up. Okay, okay. uh, Everything from young Gohan into teen Gohan. Mm -hmm. However, as I've matured, it's my boy Piccolo, man. It might be, yeah. Mine's, my my, I'm Piccolo. a Vegeta man, but I, I get the Piccolo love. Yes. Um, that's why you should watch Superhero, because there's a lot, a lot of Piccolo in there. Well, I must admit, I did sort of punch the air last night because I took control of Vegeta for the first time on yeah. Namek, and I was like, this is cool, man. I'm this sure, don't you... awesome. Isn't the first time he plays him when he has the pink shirt on, which is the best attire ever? It's not, however, that you is can't get the it. best attire ever. Yeah. And I do agree with that. Pink shirt, Vegeta is the king of everything. <laughs> The king of everything. I uh, Yeah, I'm a massive Vegeta fan. Going back, and um, we were watching uh, footage of Chris Sabat record his lines, which is just the best. Like, Super Vegeta! It's just, it's the best. But yeah, Dragon Ball, maybe we'll check back in as you play more of Kakarot. You've got a lot of stuff ahead of you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just shout out to Kakarot. I feel like that game was overlooked quite considerably just because it was, oh, it's another Dragon Ball game. But it does it does attempt quite a lot of stuff, and condensing the entire saga um, is quite, like, not necessarily ambitious, but it's like a unique thing to do. I think um, I, You know, I, the older games try it, but like, all in one go is really good. Yeah, I would echo that it, I, I do think it is an ambitious game mm. the amount it tries to achieve uh, with what I assume were the resources available because you can mm. tell that they're cutting some corners at certain points but I can go with it more mm-hmm. considering the scale that they've gone for and just how much they've uh, packed in mm-hmm. into that uh, package I agree. Speaking of packing a lot into a package, you've played the vast majority of Midnight Fight Express. Yes. Um, a game that I was just, I just think the very, f- I, was, I debated doing a list, 10 sentences at once, I debated doing a list um, on games that just go. Like, because I think Midnight Fight Express is reminded me of how much Hotline Miami just goes. And there's some games that just hit the ground sprinting. It's like Halo 2 or whatever. It's like, here you are, here's twin pistols, the aliens are coming around the corner, go shoot them. And I'm just like, Midnight Fight Express, for as much as it's borrowing from Hotline Miami's overall vibe, obviously the music 
music is very synthy and whatever. Um, it's so impactful that if you have a decent set of headphones or your TV is turned up or whatever, there's so much bass to every hair. Um, I should also clarify that Midnight Fire Express is a sort of top-down melee um, brawler game uh, with a bit of shooting in that sort of towards the end it becomes more of a, a shooter kind of thing um, like a twin stick shooter almost um, but yeah it's just it's just an excuse to go batter as many dudes as possible to be honest it's kind of like Hotline Miami meets the Warriors every couple yeah. of levels you meet another group of gang members whether they're game devs that have gone rogue yeah. um, or just random gang members but how have you found it? I played this Scott Telford no <laughs> joke just because I know how much you were enjoying yeah. it how much this game is your thing so I, I love I when you do this it's not, not nothing I love more then when you go and we go, oh, what you've been playing on the weekend, then you go, I've played X thing that you said. <laughs> I love that feeling. Yeah, I absolutely smashed it yesterday. I've not finished it yet, but mm. about 30 levels out of the 40 levels that are in the game, mm-hmm. or at least unless there's some secret ones I don't know about. There's I'm not. not entirely sure. Well, there we go. I'm <laughs> three quarters of the way through mm-hmm. and I'm finding it pretty good. I'm going to make a lot of kind of like concessions because I do know this game was mostly made by just one person. Yes. And that is incredibly impressive for the quality on display. However, if I'm just taking it as a game that I've picked up off the store Mm. without that necessarily in mind, Mm -hmm. I'm finding it pretty good. uh, My issue is it wears its influences on its sleeve and often it reminds me of those influences and just makes me wish I was playing those games instead because they kind of do what this is doing uh, tighter. However, it is still a very fun experience Mm -hmm. and still gets a lot right. It's just I was hoping for a little bit more tightness to everything and See, it's a little bit more messy than I thought it was going to be yeah we talked about this before uh, we were recording because for me I think Midnight's fight it, fire combat is so tight <laughs> I think it's just like because it's obviously this year we've had that in Sifu and we've kind of had this nice lovely return to martial arts and melee combat in games you just don't see it anymore like I miss Sleeping Dogs I miss that era Sleeping Dogs was what like 2011 like God, yeah. it's been a while um, so yeah with something like Midnight for as much as I wish I could remember the name of the dev and we're recording this as our internet's dropped out in the office <laughs> yeah. so I can't even google it dude I I think it's David Swinzel, but I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, made by one guy. And um, clearly that dude got a few people to just martial artists and just choreographed and recorded them and everything, motion captured, um, so that every single roundhouse kick, slam against a wall, backflip kick, whatever, for me is like perfect. And I get the, you can almost sort of say like, well, it's stitching these different things together. But I think when you get the various systems down, you're like roundhouse kicking a guy, picking up some item, throwing it at another guy, rolling out the way, grabbing a gun, shooting two dudes, throwing the gun at the next guy. Like for me, it comes together in a way that makes me think like a John Wick or makes me think like insert martial artist here kind of thing. Um, in a way, in a way that I just want in games, yeah. like you know, I want to do the lobby fight uh, in the Matrix. Like, give me stuff like that. No, I totally agree. And uh, my only issue is that everything that you just said there, minus maybe one uh, feature or two, it's it's <laughs> it's what I've already done in other games, and I've kind of got that like experience what? a little bit better. I Sifu Man for me is like the direct mm. comparison. I would love Midnight Fight Express so much more mm. if I hadn't just played that earlier this year and gotten into it so much. Because okay. while it might not, like I said, have not some of the features that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. the other features that it has uh, are woven together to give me the same sense of flow that Midnight Express attempts to, mm. Midnight Fight Express attempts to, and just nails it better than this game, which is a shame for me. Yeah, Sifu's way tighter. The thing that I think is, is so different is that Sifu puts you on the back foot, and it's like, okay, master this martial art. By the time you come out of Sifu, you're like, I feel like I've mastered a martial art. I put right. the time in, um, I've taken my lumps, and it's a way harder game. Midnight is a way more over-the-top power fantasy. Like, you immediately can just do a double hit into a suplex like that's one of the first moves you can do and so for me like midnight like i said it just goes like it's so much more overtly power fantasy that for me that differentiates it so much like i want to 
expected to have more power fantasy stuff in Sifu, but that game just hands you your own teeth at the beginning as much as I know you you got you did way better than I did until I got got it down kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas Midnight is prioritizing ease of power basically. I would agree that it does prioritize power mm. until it doesn't, and right. those are kind of my issues with the game <laughs> in terms of when Midnight Fight <coughs> Express is flowing and you are in the zone. It's incredible. Mm. Like it's, it's a really good game. Mm-hmm. However, the the game, in my opinion, keeps introducing mechanics to stop that flow as much as possible. There I agree are with this. a lot of gimmick levels, for instance, which, for lack of a better term, where it'll throw you, say, a big shipping container that is barreling its way through the level, and you need to stop what you're doing mm-hmm. to take note of the shipping container that will kill you in one hit, or yeah. mostly in one hit. Or some random zombies that can grab you from across the map. Yeah, some random zombies, <laughs> or a sniper, or someone with a rocket launcher, yeah. or a grenade launcher. Or just grenades, you know. I mean, or, a lot of or them. big dudes that can like hit the ground and make you ragdoll, which yeah. makes you fall off a train. It's like, totally. okay, sure. And I get why they're in there. They're mm. an attempt to shake things up and to differentiate the level design and have you think in a different way. And that's cool in theory. I yeah. just think in execution. Uh, it does seem antithesis to what the game does well, and it is giving you that power fantasy of a bunch of these different moves and encouraging a sense of flow Mm -hmm. that this kind of brings to a stop. And I'm sure if you get really good at the game, Mm. you can avoid these hazards while still rolling through combos, and you can do that to an extent the first time through, Mm -hmm. but they did feel strange in the way that they stopped the game's best asset, which is that kind of it's flow. in the moment sense of flow. Yeah, it's like yeah. If we talk about what Hotline Miami sort of nailed, it was a sense of flow. And like when you get that game down, you can blitz through it. Like you can be Hotline in like two hours if you know what you're, what you're doing, kind of thing. And um, whereas the first time through it, you just died like fifty times. But like that whole idea of flow, it's it's one of my main issues with Roller Drum. Like I love what Roller Drum is, and I had a lot of fun with it. But like that game is all about a sense of flow as well. However, the dodge burn interrupts your tricks. So right. like in that game, you're like stringing all this. Stuff together doing headshots in slow motion but like all these tracker enemies have lasers on you and they're firing missiles at you and they're going to sniper you shoot you and everything unless you dodge so you have to come out of your loop to dodge it adds it to your multiplier but you're still interrupting the flow yeah and i'm just like kind of the same thing in uh, midnight where you have so many opportunities to just string everything together but here's a random sniper that kills you in one hit back to the start like go do it all again um here's a random container like you said that just lands out of nowhere and destroys everybody um if you're making a game about flow and you're wearing those influences on your sleeve then yeah, why would you ever get in the way of that? Totally, man. And I, I think it's totally valid to have, uh, you know, levels or even an entire game that kills you dead and is punishing. You know, Seafood mm. and Hotline Miami that we're talking about mm-hmm. both do that, where they're quite unforgiving until you learn the patterns. Yeah. The issue that I have with Midnight is that half of the game isn't that. Half of the game is just letting you go through these levels in essentially mm-hmm. one goal, at least on the normal difficulty mm-hmm. mode, where you're, you know, fighting a lot of dudes and trying to get the choreography as spectacular as possible. Yeah. But then you have the levels that are like, oh no, this is, we're playing Hotline Miami now. You're going to die in a few (laughs) hits because there's a guy with a gun off screen shooting you. And it's like, the two different mentalities needed to be woven together Mm. a little bit better Mm. for me uh, in that regard. I was glad that, because yeah, like you said, there's 40 levels. So I was glad that the gimmick stuff, there's only like five in total, like where they sort of go, okay, now it's a boat chase and you're taking out some boats with a machine gun. Um, Thankfully, they didn't get in the way too much. However, the back quarter of that game becomes more gun heavy anyway. And so that was the biggest criticism of Hotline Miami that like it became more, um, they relied too much on the guns. Um, And Hotline Miami 1's a way tighter game overall than Hotline 2 was all about the guns which is why it reviewed a lot, you know, less favorably and a lot of people bounced off it. And it's almost like um, Svinzel or the dude's name loves Hotline so much that he's like, I'm going to have the back part of my game have a ton of guns in it too. 
because um, that's what they did. And it's like, yeah, but you probably could have just got by with the power fantasy stuff. Like yeah. you didn't need the old roadblocks in the way. That is another thing that's kind of just, it's, it's good in isolation, but mm. it doesn't necessarily gel for me personally because the way that they've animated a lot of the shooting in the game mm. like looks cool. You know, it's you've got straight like, out of John Wick. Yeah, you got John Wick style stances. Mm. Like it, it, again, it looks spectacular but the execution just isn't that mm. 10 out of 10 that I want, or even necessarily nine or eight out of 10, you know, it kind of falls Ooh. a little bit below that for me. And I've, I feel like I've been, you know, dragging it quite no, a lot. No, no. I, I do want to shout out one good thing yes. that I do like, and that is the variety in the levels. Like you said, there are 40 there. And while sometimes the level design might get in its own way, in my opinion, I do think it's incredible uh, how much variety there is in the actual visuals mm. of each level. Like that's always been so cool mm -hmm. and a real driving force for me to get through the game. That alongside with the enemy variety, both in terms of their cosmetics and fighting styles, like that is without a doubt for me the best thing about the game in mm. terms of its execution in comparison to what it's out to achieve. Oh, mine, mine's definitely the combat. Like, I think I'm just higher on the combat than you overall. Like, I, I love all the environment, like the amount of objects. They, they have a whole vision mode where it'll be like, hey, by the way, everything around you is pick up a ball, so like go grab whatever and like throw a hoover into someone's face or a vacuum. Um, I love all that stuff. So like, I do love the um, the feel of the combat. Also, I think like, just to like finish a point about the combat, I feel like they bring in the, the Doom combat chest stuff towards the end because you're getting, you're going up against so many dudes with guns um, or groups of dudes where two of them have guns that you need to prioritize getting to them, disarming them, using that weapon to take out three or four dudes and then get back to the melee stuff. So I quite like how they um, kind of make you think in that way. Like you're sort of thinking in a different way than you were at the start. Um, and your unlocks are just like ridiculous. Like you get a gun that can fire like electric bolts to freeze dudes. Yeah. You get a mind control bullet because why not? Um, you also get a rope. So it's like just scorpions uh, rope from Mortal Kombat where you can just spear dudes um, or like you can pull their guns off them or you can close the distance with it. So I, I do like like how much they bring in and for me I think that like for me that stuff all came together like it, it made it um, like very differentiable to something like Sifu and because it is such a power fantasy overall like that was what it um, it did the best kind of thing 3D brawlers just don't happen anymore we got we had a big resurgence of 2D brawlers very recently there's obviously Shredder's Revenge and like Mother Russia Bleeds and Streets of Rage 4 but I feel like 3D stuff I don't know if you're like me where you miss that genre but like I used to love Urban Rain and even the Minority Report game I randomly mentioned that because that game is a really good brawler um, I think that's one of the reasons that um, this is still like super recommendable if you miss um, arcadey brawler stuff. Um, it does it. It does this in a way that I couldn't just give someone Sifu because that game will nice. eat them alive. Okay. Or in a way that you can just give people Midnight and they'll at least be able to punch a dude and DDT suplex him uh, <laughs> within the first few minutes. No, it's true. And again, I would recommend it as well. You know, I still like the game overall. Mm. I still think it is a good game. Mm -hmm. It's just that I'm holding it up to these greats. You know, like mm. these like games that I absolutely loved. And it's falling short from that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not good because mm -hmm. it is. And I would definitely recommend it if you've got Game Pass because, you know, why not? You oh yeah, you should definitely, definitely give it a shot. Jump into it. And it, it, I would agree that it is like, you know, very accessible. Mm -hmm. And when you're getting those power fantasy moments, it makes it all worthwhile, you know? I just want to kick a guy in the face. I want to kick a guy in the, nu in the nuts. <laughs> I don't know there's that many low blows in this game. Only a few. Only a few. There's that, you can do it. You can knock a nut punch in there, uh, Sifu. It's a very well choreographed nut punch. I think it's a nut kick in there. Uh, is it a nut kick? Express. I think in my, oh yes it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if, uh, if ever need be. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, but anyway, speaking of, I was just speaking of other things. Um, Splatoon 3, um, which initially I was quite disappointed by when I first launched it, um, because it is a game of, it's a sequel of refinement. It's a sequel where um, Splatoon 2 was perfect. So like, you know, Splatoon 2, or, or nigh on perfect. Um, especially in terms of gameplay. Like, if you came off Splatoon 1, obviously there was a lot of carryover, but then Splatoon 2 just absolutely nailed it, and there was a reason that Splatoon 2 was held up so much as, like, oh my god, this is one of the best games on... I think it was already on the Wii U, but on the Switch. Um, and... Well, no, no, only on the Switch. And um, I feel like with Splatoon 3, Nintendo just sort of went, well, we know what we're doing, and we're not going to really change up too much. The feel is nigh on identical, so we're just going to add more weapons, add more ultimate moves that you can unlock uh, as you take out dudes, and, um, you know, add, like, bits more of the single player. They kind of experimented with single player on the Octopath expansion to Splatoon 2, and so you kind of get that baked in. Um, But... All of that kind of made me go, what have I actually paid for? Like, mm. uh, it's it's only quote-unquote £50, which I know in Switch stuff is always super high, so 50 wasn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. But I was kind of like, this feels a bit like an expansion pack. This feels a bit like a DLC. And it's only when you spend more time with it that all the little tweaks they've done kind of do um, make for a grander, like a greater whole, let's say, overall, because they have removed just little annoyances. Like, they've sped everything up, so the loading times are very, very little. Um, they've added way more customization. Like I said, you've got way more weapons and everything. Um, and they've um, you know removed things like in Splatoon 2 whenever you would go into the game it would um, tell you what's what's happening in the world for like a bunch of text prompts for a while and you have to button through all that stuff so they've sped all that stuff up so you can just do a Splatoon a lot faster than you could in Splatoon 2 um, but I think it's worth flagging that this is just more Splatoon like it's uh, if you already loved it you'll continue to love it if you if you didn't before there's nothing here to get you in that, you, that wasn't there before what if like me you've never mm. played Splatoon but don't necessarily dislike the idea of it <laughs> is this the one to jump into yes. right now. Like, yes. if you've not played it, is this the natural? Oh, dude, like, the, the thing is, like, I mean, this is all I played this weekend. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Splatoon anyway, but I think the the balancing that they've got here, the the way that they make it, so because you can't change your weapon once you've uh, fired into a, a game. Um, you, can, um, you can change it in between rounds. So, like, you're stuck with whatever you pick. The way that they've made it, and this was always the case in Splatoon, but the way that they've doubled down on the balancing side of it, where whatever weapon you pick largely will dictate your play style, and if you go against that, even remotely, um, you will get taken out. Like, you know, that you will just get dominated by um, people who have played a lot 
of this. I mean, Splatoon 2 was what elevated it to an eSport. Like, it's a lot of people, it's like Call of Duty. Like, a lot of yeah. people play a hell of a lot of Splatoon. Um, but the balancing side of it is what I love because it, it really does feel like each weapon is its own class, um, which is something I can't say about Call of Duty. Like, obviously, you build a loadout, um, but I just use the M4. Like, I use, <laughs> I've, I've used so many guns, and I just go back to the M4. It's not changing how I play, really. I'm going to hold the left trigger, then press the right trigger. Hurts me that, but I know, I'm going to no, no. go with it. But uh, in Splatoon, um, obviously, one of the core mechanics that you have is that you can just become ink, which lets you sort of phase through parts of the environment, but it also means that you can disappear inside any of your own team's ink blots. So you can kind of just do dynamic stealth or ambushes in the moment. Like you see a dude coming around a corner. It's like, I'm just going to disappear into the floor. Guy's going to run right past me. I'm going to pop up behind him and take him out. Um, or you can just do all these different, um, you know, uh, tactics that you wouldn't have in any other game. And I think it's that hybridized approach mixed with ranged weapons, shotgun style weapons, weapons that lay down way more ink. So all of you have like a path to get round the enemy, like things like that, that just elevates platoon. Like there's just, there's an immediacy to how well it plays and how well it feels that was there in two, but it's elevated here. Um, um, coupled with the overall presentation. Like, I love the Squid Kids. I love the look of the whole thing. It's so hyper-colored and gorgeous. Um, and the music's great. Like, it's got its own genre. Like, um, Squid Punk, I'm just like, that's so cool that they yeah. just made a genre of music that sounds like a bunch of squids trying to make music. Um, it all really does come together. I just need to flag that it's, <laughs> it is more Splatoon. But if you want more Splatoon, um, it's, you know, it, it, it ticks that box. Hey, I've heard this game has a story mode, Scott. How is, <laughs> how is that? Because that's new, right? That's something that uh, it's, yeah, I mean, like I said, they did the Octopath expansion, uh, which brought in the Octolings in Splatoon 2, yeah. and then all Splatoon games are all about the, the great Zapfish being kidnapped, so that's happened again. Um, they largely are self-aware with that, where they're just like, oh, it's happened again, someone's going to have to go and get the Zapfish back. Um, and so you're doing them... Um, very little, to be honest. I mean, it's it, this is the I haven't done that much of the single player stuff. It's well put together. Um, it has like a three D platformer sensibility, where it's sort of it's like a, a hub area, like Mario style, where you're sort of running through like a big open space, and you go through little portals to do little mini quests, little mini levels, and then you beam back to the main bit. Um, and you're just playing as your character that you you, you can uh, customize and everything. And you have like a little dude, like a little mini. I don't know what fish he is. It's called, he's called like little buddy or something, and you can give him like a mohawk. Um, and you're like firing him at different um, parts of the environment. To clear obstacles to get further to unlock more levels to do more stuff um, but the story mode is just a nice addendum like uh, the main meat and potatoes is the multiplayer but the story does give you unlockables and does give you um, card packs there's a new like card mini game in here um, so it's worth, it's worth playing the story. Plus they show you, um, you know, tactics that you can use in the multiplayer. Like there's ways to get around. Um, mm. Like you can activate um, like ink jets in some of the maps that will carry you from area to area, but you might miss them if you didn't know what to look for. So the, um, one of the story levels like points that out. Like I've played... I don't know, seven hours of multiplayer. I've done like 45 minutes of the story. Right. Okay. Um, story is not why people play Splatoon. So it's fun that it's there. Um, and the Octopath, um, the Octolink stuff um, was really fun too in Splatoon 2. The boss battles are really inventive. Um, so I'm kind of hoping for more of that in 3, but I haven't got that far yet. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say buy it for the story. Yep. It's, a, it's a gameplay focused, multiplayer focused game. Um, but yeah, I think if you like the vibe, it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect place to start. I might get this for Christmas, you know? Mm. Splatoon I've always been interested in from mm -hmm. afar. And I know that you said no one buys Splatoon for the story, especially you shouldn't necessarily do it for this. <laughs> Until now. But that's my, that might be my in, you know? Right. It might be the thing that kind of like allows me to dip my toe into the ink, for lack nice, of a better good. term. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll dive headfirst into the multiplayer play it potentially after that. I would absolutely tell you to not do that. I would say play the multiplayer. I just, I can't, I'm, I think you'll, I think you'll bounce off it if you only play the story. Okay. Because it's so drip fed. It's like an elongated tutorial, uh, drip fed ironically. I would just, uh, I would say if you're going to just, I mean, you can get Splatoon 2 for really cheap now. 
Uh, although most of the live event stuff has gone away. There you go. The thing is with Splatoon, um, that I think another thing that makes it so um, unique is that it operates on like a, a quasi-live timer. The whole point is that you have live DJs, characters in the world, um, that are telling everybody about the Splatfest stuff that's going on and the various competitions that are happening. So you can only play... Um, two levels per mode for every, each hour, and then they rotate, which like fo- like forces people to you know get used to those maps and everything. Um, but it does mean that you have like a like a live like rotation to the game modes, um, which I like that idea. Like I do think that like that does kind of keep it fresh, and it makes you coming back to see what's next kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the, you want to get involved in all that stuff, um, the customization, the unlockables, the the leveling up, the XP boosts, and everything else. Like it's it's a really robust package in that regard. Story's kind of just there to something to shoot. I mean, I was playing on the train because. It's offline. Everything else is like online. So yeah, I would just say if you're going to play Splatoon, you should play the multiplayer. <laughs> but I know you, and you'll play the story. So we'll. Uh, I'll play both. I'll, I'll have a good time, eh? <laughs> Maybe eventually you'll play both. Um, last thing down that we had in terms of what we're playing is Immortality, a game that kind of came out of nowhere. I remember this game being announced as Sam Barlow's next game. Sam right. Barlow of her story and telling lies frame. Her story was the game that won um, best narrative in 2015 at the Game Awards. Um, Viva C for uh, I think won best actress as well, best lead uh, character. Um, I adore and do. I adored and do adore her story. I didn't play Telling Lies. Mm-hmm. Um, forget why, really. I just kind of didn't really get around to it. Um, but Immortality is his um, third game in this vein, where you're sort of analyzing, well, you can kind of describe it. It's like FMV type stuff. Honestly, man, from <laughs> the moment I realized this game existed mm-hmm. to hitting uh, the 100% completion trophy, oh. I have not had... Well, I have. I've had one better gaming experience this year, and that right. was Elden Ring. Right. This game is coming in hot number two Ooh. of this year so far because I've just Dang. loved it, man. Like, going into it, just seeing it on Game Pass. Funnily enough, I was messaging you about this. I went on Game Pass to download Midnight Fight Express and mm-hmm. Grid Legends. And Tinykin. <laughs> <laughs> and in, I love Tinykin. And in between all of those games sat Immortality, and it, the cover kind of appealed to me, and I thought, what's this? Then I saw some screenshots, and I thought, I'm going to just take a punt on this. I'm going to try it out. I didn't know it was Sam Barlow's game or anything. Uh-huh. And then I booted it up and jumped in. And my lord, to give you like a general overview of what it is, essentially it's in a live action game where you're watching footage from three different movies mm-hmm. and uh, the behind the scenes footage that was shot for those movies as well. Uh, because you were kind of trying to figure out the mystery of why this actress called Marissa Marcel uh, disappeared. All you mm. know is that uh, she disappeared. She hasn't been seen for like 20 years or whatever. And none of her movies that you're watching right now, these three movies, ever came out for right. various different reasons. And you start off with one piece of footage that is a chat show interview that Marissa was doing after uh, she completed her first movie. Mm-hmm. And the whole gameplay gimmick is you're analyzing this footage and you're clicking on objects within the frame to match cut Mm -hmm. to another piece of footage that you will then unlock. So for instance, in this interview, if you click on Marissa's face, Mm -hmm. you will cut to another scene uh, starting on her face and you'll be able to watch it from there and you're essentially putting together all of the footage that way. So if you click on a plant pot, you'll go to a scene uh, with a plant pot that might be two decades in the future from a completely different film. And it's got so many layers to the story that I don't even want to spoil because Mm. figuring out the story and also the mechanics of the game gave me some of the best surprising moments of the year. Like playing this and once everything started to click Mm. uh, into gear and once you finally understanding what the game is actually about, there was nothing else like it, man. I was like, you know, know the expression left your jaw on the floor. Yes. I genuinely had my jaw like... uh, 
a gape. It's That's so cool. points within the story because I couldn't believe that I'd found this extra level to the game that I didn't even know it was there in the first place. I'm going to okay. talk more about it and gush more about it, but I know that you haven't necessarily jumped at <laughs> the chance to play this game since I yelled at you about it. Well, I downloaded it because anything that like either of us like effusively recommend, chances are we'll give it a shot because we're just we like trust each other kind of thing. So I downloaded it. But the thing is, like, I didn't. I knew it was when I looked at it again. I missed it when it dropped on Game Pass. I saw the little tile for it on the selection of games that were out. I just didn't give it a second thought. And then when you said it was brilliant, I went on it and I was like, oh, San Barlow's new game. I do remember this being mentioned. Um, I think the thing that made me run a mile was just like the um, the thumbnail that's on the trailer where it just looks like a bunch of backstage footage. It looks like an FMV game and the FMV genre is not my thing. Right. Like I didn't like the bunker. Um, I forget what, like the, even the really old, um, it's not Dragon Quest, the old uh, Dragon's Lair games. Never been a huge fan of them. I love the animation, but I always, I was never bothered about watching something for a few minutes to have one button input for another 10 minutes or whatever it is. And so the FMV genre, I've always bounced off. So when I saw this, um, just in addition visuals, it just made me go, nah, I'm not bothered about this. But with it being San Barlo, yeah. um, like I said, I love her story. That game is a phenomenal um, like murder mystery. Um, you know, woman's being accused of something that happened. And it's a very similar gameplay mechanic where in um, her story, you're searching off um, the transcripts. So you're kind of watching footage and she says something like, she'll say something like, um, what do you mean? I, there wasn't even a knife there. And then you'll search the word knife and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, that pops up in this clip that you've just now unlocked because you're searching this archive. Um, and you do that, or you look for the word father and then you, you start thinking like a detective and you start searching words like, um, you know, I did murder or blood or whatever. Yeah. And that leads you down this rabbit hole and you're putting everything together and you start using in real life a notebook like a detective would. And her story unfolds that way where like it actually um, plays into that as, it, as the story unfolds where it's like, oh, actually you have agency as this person, you as this character you've invented in your own head as this detective. And um, because while you're playing, you can hear um, like you're in like a library, you're in like a police library ac accessing the archive. So you can hear like the lights, you can hear people talking behind you. And then it's like, okay, that plays into the story. It's like, that's brilliant. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I love what his story was. It's only on PC or Mac or whatever. Um, so I like um, that this dude has sort of um, expanded on these quote unquote signature mechanics that I guess came about in her story. Uh, what you mentioned there about, uh, you know, not necessarily liking the look of the game and mm. not wanting to watch a lot of footage you need to be in the mood to watch a load of footage with this game. Oh, dude, I, I don't mind watching footage. It was just, right. it's what the footage looked like. It was all like frilly dresses and Victorian stuff. And I was like, I'm just, that's a hard sell for me. Right. Like, I don't care about the past for the most part. Just <laughs> give me future stuff. Well, yeah. this is the thing. This is not a game I'd necessarily recommend to everyone because you have to be, one, a fan of the movies that this uh, game is kind of like recreating. Mm. And two, you have to have a lot of patience for just watching scenes unfold because I think from what I know about their, uh, Sam Barlow's other games, mm. this may have even fewer mechanics in it. You are literally just right. doing the match cuts and you are piecing most of the things together in your head. There is a scrubbing mechanic where you can go through footage slower and quicker, you know, just like scrub through and mm. look for certain things. However, you're literally just kind of clicking on things and watching things and kind of piecing the story together within your head. Mm -hmm. However, the thing that appealed to me first and foremost was the way that these movies are recreated because there's an incredible level of detail to each period that is represented here. Like the, without spoiling too much about what the movies are about, mm -hmm. the first one that you unlock is called uh, Ambrosia. And it's a 1968 uh, religious erotic film. Okay. And it goes hard on a lot of like- I'm sure it goes hard, man. It yeah. certainly does. Hey. It goes hard on a lot of the content, but Half also- 10 a.m. we're recording this. <laughs> just the way it kind of gets the vibe of those movies from the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a European production with an American director. Okay. And that kind of comes 
through in the visuals uh, and in terms of the back behind the scenes footage that you see as well all of that is so authentically created mm. and the way that the camera quality kind of changes depending on which movie you're on and what kind of footage you're looking at to me was just incredible like there is a lot of uh, there are a lot of rehearsal scenes as well mm. where you're seeing kind of like the actors play out scenes and um, before they were eventually shot on the day and you know like that stuff like it looks like it was shot you know the night before on a crappy soundstage because it would have been at the time yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. whereas the opulent kind of um, like gorgeous period costumes and period uh, backdrops like mm-hmm. come through in the actual footage and is like a, obviously a huge movie fan of all of these periods um, that are represented like I love that stuff I if the, if the game was literally just we re-watching these scenes front to back with no mystery with mm. no story on top of that mm. I would have still loved it because <laughs> man the way they, they nail it I've seen actual movies released in cinemas trying to be period pieces right. that don't have anywhere near the level of authenticity that these video game movies have like it's mm. to me it's just like I said as a, as a fan of that of, of the genres and the periods that they're representing like I've not I've not seen better than this I think it like and, and also being able to add on like a set of gameplay mechanics or like a through line a mystery that connects all those things together like yeah. that's what um, I think I, I have to assume that Telling Lies has something similar as well but that whole quote unquote mechanic of like searching within clips or searching within because um, the whole like tagline with this is like you're searching within match cuts like you said before as well um, and I think that idea of like adding an extra layer onto it so it's not just like an FMV game because a lot of FMV games like I mentioned The Bunker is um, you're watching like a, a production that looks quite cheap and it's sort of like every now and then a button pops up on screen and you can dictate which clip triggers next and uh, I think the FMV genre gets boxed in that way which is what puts me off it like just from a you know from a, a distance kind of thing but there's clearly so much more to this totally. um, that stitches it all together and like elevates it and I get that as well you know FMV games in the past I've been wary of because I've worried about the quality of the production mm. of the acting and stuff mm-hmm. but no joke if if old Jeff wants us to vote on the uh, for the for the game awards this year, <laughs> I will be voting all of these actors because their their performances are, are next level. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that you're watching a, an actor play an actor do a scene. Uh, and then be directed by an in-universe director. Like, <laughs> there are so many layers to it, and that's intentional, and that comes okay. through in the story uh-huh. themes as well. But, like, the main performance of uh, Marissa, you know, the, 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 like, the actor who plays Marissa, mm-hmm. like, she's unbelievable. Like, in okay. the emotional scenes, like, you get invested in the fake movies because she's so good, mm. and then having the extra layer of who Marissa is and why is she doing these movies, why is she making these choices, mm-hmm. uh, who is she outside of the characters that she's portraying man like it's 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 just so rich I think it's so rich I'm definitely gonna give it a shot and I'll just say right now that I'm just so glad this game exists yeah. like I mean it's one of those things where like you know if, if any part of you thinks that the uh, you know certain aspects of the industry get stale and repetitive and formulaic and boring and whatever just be glad this exists be glad that uh, Xbox has a game pass program that they choose to put this on to get in front of millions of people yeah like I said I've already downloaded it so I want to dive into it um, it reminds me of in terms of being glad it exists something like 12 minutes where even if I'm not a fan of it I'm just glad that it's out there yeah. um, where it's like uh, we should have more ambitious story driven stuff and not just mechanical gacha loot stuff totally it's, uh, it's nice to, to have 100% like there, there's nothing like this even mm. in terms of Sam Barlow's other games obviously mm. mechanically they're quite similar but in terms of aesthetics in terms of story I've never played anything like this and for better or worse because uh-huh. a lot of people are gonna say I've never played anything like this and I don't want to play anything like this again and that's fair because <laughs> I'm like, done with video games 100% I like how hard it goes on its uh, 
on the things it finds interesting because you can tell that Sam Barlow and everyone else mm. really finds this stuff interesting and really wants to make a movie about, I'm trying to keep as vague as yeah, possible yeah, because yeah. the surprises are the best thing about uh-huh. this game, uh, about these themes and about these time periods and about these kinds of movies. But obviously that means it's not recommendable to people who you know, might prefer a Midnight Fight Express. That's totally <laughs> valid, but they're just, it's just such a niche are you game. telling me there are no well, belly to back suplexes in Immortality? There are no suplexes. <sighs> there, there may be other things in there that are similar to Midnight Fight Express, but I couldn't possibly. The Venn diagram. At least there's some middle grounds <laughs> for that Venn diagram. Uh, my final question for Immortality is: uh, How long is it? Is it quite a tight package, or is it, it a long boy? It depends what you want to do because there's so much footage within there that you could get you could get the main kind of mystery mm. and the main story in maybe like six seven hours and cool. then never touch it again I was engrossed so much and mm. thinking about it so much that I wanted every piece of footage so I played it for 20 hours <laughs> I just went way beyond the credits and the the final reveals mm. and then wanted everything within there so it's essentially cool. as long as you it's as long as you want it to be yeah yeah, yeah. awesome I, uh, yeah color me very curious well uh, I'll see if I can dive in this week uh, maybe we'll devote a wind up to the spoiler cast or something well, anyone can get in touch with us on Twitter let us know if they're playing through it or if they're going to pick it up as well um, and we'll just see what happens I'm very curious like I said her story was one of my games of the year back in 2014 um, and I, like I said I didn't get around to telling lies even though it does star uh, Logan Marshall Green like yeah. that was such a utilization of the budget he got because of her story and then this seems like an even bigger production which is cool um but yes for now this has been the wind-up i've been scott tailford you've been josh brown always a pleasure scott tailford always a pleasure to be heard by all of you and we'll catch you next week bye bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.